is Corporate Cafecito, where we discuss career development and entrepreneurial growth strategies. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez Guest. Go get your cafecito and let's talk about professional growth. Welcome back to another episode of Corporate Cafecito. I'm Mario Rodriguez. Y yo soy Nayeli Suarez Gas. And we are embarking on our leadership series here. So I want to kick us off with a question for all our listeners. And Nayeli, I'll throw this one to you. Who are the most influential people in the world? Whew. That's, that's a tough question, right? Because you think about the, the sphere of influence and it ranges from, you know, of course, I'm going to say moms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you think about the the role of of parents i won't exclude the the men uh but think about like your parents right very influential very much about like forming you helping you uh tell you what's right what's wrong how to how to manage through mistakes how to grow up how to you know like so i would say you know first if i think about most personal the most influential are going to be parents in the formative years and then i think about like your friends and people who influence you then in, in positive and negative ways. So just because you're influential, don't think that it's only, only a positive influence because there are people negative. who are influential in a negative way. Um, and then you think about leaders, right? You think about people who who can get us to to believe and look to them and, and seek guidance because we're seeing what they're doing and we want to be a part of it and they influence our behavior. You're spot on. It's all leaders, right? We're all born leaders. It's just what we do and how we influence. You know, John Maxwell says that everything rises and falls on leadership. So uh, let, let's unpack a little bit about what some leadership myths. We're going to talk about some leadership myths too as well. Uh, and, and what's the most important skill in business too when you talk about leadership? Yeah. Um, so leadership is a skill that helps you scale. So let's let's unpack what the word scale means. Many confuse scale and growth. So just because you're growing doesn't mean you're scaled. So just to put it in a simplistic form, scale equals astronomical advancement. You're growing at rapid rates. Mm-hmm. Growth, you're adding. It's addition. Right? So in other words, scaling, you're multiplying your efforts. Right. Well, you know, when you multiply things, it's really important, right? What are you multiplying? So to me, it's, it's people who are, you know, you come into a room and you're the and person, right? Like, yes, and yes, and then let's grow and let's do it and let's do it bigger. Um, I see people who like multiply energy, people who come in and there's already a positive vibe in the mm -hmm. room and they make it more positive, right? Think about, um, I know we're talking about like corporate stuff, but think about when you're at a party and you get a tia and you just know like it just, yeah, Life it just got exponentially better. Right, right. That to me is how you scale something, right? Where it, it goes from something that was good to something that's just like amazing. Yeah. So to, to that point, it's just the influence, the impact you have on others, right? That's the biggest thing. It's how you make someone feel, right? That's what. Yeah. That's what really resonates with me. And I think just that story that, that you just talked about, that Tia that shows up to the party, it just flips that party. I'm that tia. You're that Tia. <laughs> See there? You're that Tia. Accelerates the party, right? It just, and, and the enjoyment, right? So it's really what you're bringing to it. It's, it's your, and we'll, we'll talk about that on another episode of the components of, of that, that influence, right? Right. So when you think about a multiplier, 
What do what do you see them do? What are some characteristics of a multiplier of someone who is scaling? Um, I would tell you probably the biggest one is is belief. If I were if I were leading a group and I wanted people to really multiply and really scale something, I'd want them to believe in the purpose and to really make that inherent in what we how we drive something forward. So if you are in a position of management or you have people on your team or you're leading a project, your project manager, like the first thing to be able to bring that scaling is by telling people like what it is and why we're doing it. Because a lot of times the influence part, right? Like you can tell people like, hey, help me out this once or whatever. But to repeat that behavior, you need to really have people believe in the purpose of what you're doing so that they can scale it. Otherwise, you know, people will do the tasks, but unless they believe, then you don't get the scaling that we're looking for. Yeah, it's it's aligning the vision and mission, right, to, to what you're out to cause. So that's where that influence and then the impact that it has on them as well in sharing that, right? So it's, it's sharing that heartfelt mission that resonates with that individual that says, you know what, I want to be a part of that as well. And so that really helps that individual kind of go on autopilot, so to say, because they believe in it so much that it's not like you have to convince someone, they're in. There's right. that buy-in. Right. There's that buy-in. Yeah. And if you, uh, you know, if you want people to be empowered, you have to tell them what it is we're doing, what their role is so that they can feel like they can do it. Right. If you give everybody the definition of like, here's what we're doing, here's what's within your control to do. And they don't have to check in with you and they don't need to get your, you know, sign off on everything. They feel empowered. They do it. You're going to see any project just become exponentially better because everybody is aligned to what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, you're impacting that person's life in a greater way and those of that community that you're serving. So I read recently the principle of a partnership states the following, that the power of all of us is greater than the power of one. So it's just that collaboration, that yeah. like-minded collaboration, very similar to how we started, right? Yeah. I, you know, I talk about this, this all the time. Um, you know, when I was working for PepsiCo, the tagline that they came up with for all of our brands, and it was like, you know, Quaker, Tropicana, Gatorade, Pepsi, you know, Lay's, Ruffles, Doritos. And they said, outstanding alone and better together. And I was like, when they said that, I was like, wow, that applies to like everything. And I think that's what this principle of partnership states, right? Like none of us is as good of, as all of us. Correct. And when you have this group together, you can move mountains. And that's where that quantum leap advancement happens, right? Because there's multiple efforts for one cause. Uh, so it really, you know, leadership, the skill of leadership of the influence piece really adds to your effectiveness. Because you're not burnt out. You're not trying to do everything and wear all the many hats. You know, as an entrepreneur, you, you wear all the hats, right? You are the HR. Right. You are the person, you know, prospecting and doing all this. If you assemble yourself with the right team with, that believes in your vision and mission, that's just multiplying those efforts. That's where that, that shift happens. So th you divide your workload and then it multiplies your impact. And, and that impact also multiplies for that individual too as well. Yeah. You know, I think... We need to talk about influence in what it is, right? So we talk about it as getting people to 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 understand and to join and to buy in. Mm -hmm. And 
the hard part is we could be influenced in a positive and negative way. And so I, I know we we're in a lot of places sometimes and we get into work and sometimes the first person we meet, we think they're a friend and we find out later like, oh, that person was not a friend or we've been influenced the wrong way or we get this negative feeling or, or image of someone. And when I coach people all the time, I'm like, okay, tell me the facts that led you to believe that. If it was that you were told by someone else or, or whatever, unless you've experienced it yourself, then you've been influenced. Mm. Like a negative influence almost feels like a manipulation. But I think about, you know, sometimes businesses get really bad reps, right? And they're like, oh, you know, you got a really bad review or, or someone said, don't go there. The, but if that hasn't been your experience and... You know, we were talking earlier, you know, you, me and Mike about airlines and how one person's experience will influence your perception. And so, you know, like I, I fly Volaris, I fly Southwest. I know that I have to pay extra on Volaris if I want to do this or to bring a carry on or to do this. Like, I understand that other people maybe don't like that or some people like I don't Mexico because it's the red eye and I don't like red eyes. And so whatever interaction we have with a company is our experience. When we tell someone else about it, it's you're influencing someone. And by all means, like if there's a bad dentist, we all need to know about them. Right. But make sure that when you're influencing someone or when you when you're sharing this information, make sure you also validate that. It's word of mouth. It's the pre-internet. And now we have the internet. And if you're on Facebook or you're on all these social media platforms, there's so much information out there. And it's very, you know, that's why they're called influencers. They're meant to drive your behavior or your actions in a certain way. So make sure you also do your research and that if you are getting, you know, if you are influencing others or you are being influenced, that you understand like what it is and that you believe it and that you've done your own research so you can make an unbiased opinion, right? Just because Taylor Swift drinks it doesn't mean I have to drink it or doesn't mean it's good for me. Yeah, you preserve your identity in, in that whole aspect too. Uh, and what you just said is is important because, you know, these uh, reviews, that's just data, right? It only tells you half the story. Uh, and I'll share an experience. Uh, you know, my wife and, and the kids were headed over to spring break, right? And because of uh, just torrential rains and whatnot, after 12 hours being in the airport, they canceled it. We're not going. We rescheduled. So what I learned from that, right, you, you can always be influenced and I can be influenced. I'm never flying again. I'm driving anywhere. Well, that's kind of tough because you want to right. you know, maximize your time. So what I did is how do I avoid this from happening, right? I mean, we can't control the reins. Well, what can I control, right? So when you're influenced, it's like, all right, that's someone's experience, but what, what can be yours, right? So don't sell yourself short of a potential good experience as well of what potentially is because someone had a bad experience that may not be the same for you, but do the homework, right? So then what I did is research, right? How, how do I, what's the importance of those those uh, refundable tickets? They cost a bit more, but it gives me peace of mind. Okay, I could do this, right? Yeah. Uh, don't, don't, and that, you know, I'm not making a commercial here, but make sure you're booking with the same airline, right? They'll work with you because when you have two different airlines, it's a whole mess. <laughs> and so, yeah. so you learn from these experiences uh, as well. So yes, positive and negative influences, they're both influential. You have a platform. What you're doing with it is important. Who you're letting speak into your life is right. also important. It is. And if we have a negative experience, 
it'll put us in a, it'll file that brand or that person in a very negative spot in our brain. And it's really hard to come out of it. So one of the things I encourage people to do is, um, you know, when I'm coaching, I'm like, hey, if that person has followed through, done the work on time, been a great, you know, part of your project up until this time, can you let someone make mistakes? Because mm-hmm. if they do one thing bad and all of a sudden they're in the doghouse and now your opinion of them is negative, why don't you let all the positive experiences you've had with that person influence how you see that person? And that, that's very common in a lot of workplaces, believe it yeah. or not, right? That they don't uh, look at all you've done. They just look for that one thing you did wrong. You didn't do, right? right? Like, this is the one thing they didn't do. It's like, but look at my track record. Right. And then, you know, it, it brings to, to how you lead to is that trust that you have, right? That empathy that you have, that emotional and relational intelligence you have with that in, in person. Uh, I remember years ago when I was a manager, I, I had the uh, unfortunate, I didn't, I, I had to deal with an unfortunate situation with one of the employees. She made a mistake. And to your point, she's one that helped me build the brand uh, of that institution in that location that we were at. A phenomenal worker. I mm-hmm. mean, just reliable. And so that's what I use. I'm like, yeah, she made this one mistake, but let's look at her trajectory, her character, right? Her, her reputation. That speaks more than just someone just having a, a human error. And so that shifted from the type of corrective action that, you know, from the outside, people were looking at it like, oh, that's, that's, you know, yeah. you know that's, that's the level of, you know, uh, no longer being here, which that wasn't the case. You know, we were able to share that story and at HR at that time. So they sided with me. It's like, let's look at the trajectory, not this one off, you know. Right. Because once can be an incident, right? Now, if it's repeated, it's a trend. But I also think it's really important because that's also going to talk about the leadership at your company, how they reward or punish risk-taking or mistakes, because we all make mistakes. There's no perfect human. So if you're this company and, you know, word gets out that you make a mistake, you're terminated there, that's going to impact the perception you have. That's going to impact your sphere of influence. How many people are going to want to work for this company where making a mistake leads to termination? I'm not saying like there are some mistakes that you should be terminated for, whether especially, you know, depending on what you're risking. Um, But if every mistake is treated the same, then it could be a very harsh environment, at which point it also tells you about the leadership personality there where it's very, you know, authoritarian. uh, Authoritarian. Authoritarian. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot say that word. So... You know, let's move over into some myths of what leaderships are, right? There, there. John Maxwell has five leadership myths out there. One of them is the management myth, mm-hmm. right? There's a difference between management and leadership. They're not the same. Managers do not create, they manage, they sustain. Leaderships are about influencing, about creating. So what's been your experience with those two? You know, I think that you could be, um, so management and leadership are not the same. You could be a manager and not a leader, and you could be a leader and not a manager. But I think the best is when you're both. Exactly. Right? The yep. intersection yeah, of the hybrid. that manager who knows how to lead, who knows how to advocate, the person you're going to you know, run behind and just scale the wall with. And there was this, uh, I, I worked for this gentleman and great leader, so brilliant, so smart. And 
he knew how to help us drive the number, hit the goals, all those things. But he never recognized, he never publicly thanked. He, you know, he was very much like, okay, we hit this number, but you did good, but I needed this or I need, you know, it was never. And I, and I remember having a conversation with him and said, you know, like, we all believe in you. We believe in what we're doing. We all love working here. If you could only appreciate that we would like run through walls for you and just turn around and tell the team, team, thank you every now and then just, just lead, like lead, but be a leader for your team. He was a great manager. He was a great, you know, goal hitter, salesperson, everything. But we lacked that kind of leadership we were looking for. And we were, it wouldn't have taken much because we were already blindly following. Like we believed in everything and we loved working with each other and the team was great. So the culture of the team felt really connected where it was like we became the culture and he, even though he was the leader, he did not influence the culture. And so that's a manager. That is someone who like wasn't, he was managing the people, hitting the numbers, hitting all the organizational goals. He wasn't leading us. Yeah. He wasn't developing you. He was just giving you, it, it's very similar to, to what a, a mentor is. Coaches help you see the potential in you where mentors are more telling you what the strategies are. That individual is more of like, all right, this is what's going to work because it's proven. But the creativity of what each person's potential can be, that that's very, that, that was just, I guess, stunted at, at that point. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, the hybrid would, would, would be very well balanced uh, and, and well received in regards to really scaling your business. Gracias por tomarte tu cafecito con nosotros. If you're enjoying this, please leave a review wherever you listen. Share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and also at corpcafecito.com. Let us know what you'd like to hear or if you'd like to be part of our show. Moving on to another myth is the entrepreneur myth. You know, uh, everything that word I have a hard time saying. Entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> entrepreneur. And everything, you know, when you're looking from the outside, right, giving social media and everybody's like sharing their success stories, you, you think that entrepreneurs are great leaders when really, if you look at what the core of an entrepreneur is, they seize opportunity. They, they, they recognize a need in the markets and they, they, they react to it. All right, right. let's fill that void. Um, but again, to what we stated earlier, you know, there's, there's that, that team aspect will help you generate more of an impact. So it's one thing to do the work of 10 people than to have 10 people work for you. So that's that other piece, right? Just because someone has an idea, sees a vision, how well do they lead as well? Right. But I mean, I also think entrepreneurs are great leaders, right? Cause they have to sell you on their idea and their dream. And one of the things I I do tell like my employees is I always say like, hey, this is my dream. I want to know what your dream is. Like you're you're a part of my dream right now, but this isn't where you went. You have to go somewhere else from here because you have to dream bigger. And I I believe that as an entrepreneur, like you're almost like this innate, like I don't want to, I want to say, I 
the right word. I was going to say naive because sometimes we just see like everything can be so great if it just worked out. But Mm -hmm. I want to say that we are fueled by optimism, right? The entrepreneur believes. And if they can make that optimism be contagious, that's when you become like this leader where people will follow you. But it also takes having everything be buttoned up, right? You can't just go on the dream of like, hey, you know what? I make a really good hamburger. I'm going to open up a hamburger place. Like there's a lot of work that goes into it. So to know all of that is to do the work of 10 people. But once you get people to work for you, you have to be a different kind of leader. Yeah, the thorough understandings and the inner workings of that. And in that, then you're able to see where does that person fit, right? Mm -hmm. In in the organization, because then you're putting the right talent in the right place where they can soar, right? And that's where there's different positions in, in all organizations, right? And so you want to make sure that you're fitting the right individual based on, on that talent. Um, the other myth that, that happens of the five is the knowledge myth. Those that have the most knowledge are best leaders. So, you know, their IQs could be off the chart, but is their leadership ability even on the charts, right? Right. And, and, and that goes back to, to what you just stated, right? The vision and mission. How, how does that really relate to that individual? Because I always say this, you're for someone, but not for everyone, right? Yeah. So like-minded individuals. Uh, and so the emotional intelligence that come into play, right? The relational, how can you relate with that individual? And then you make an indiv- you know, a, a choice too, is, is this the right mix? Right. And, and you know what? We've all seen this person when we're presenting and they point out like, oh, that number seems off or, oh, this is... And if you are... The smartest person in the room, you probably wouldn't do that. I always try to discourage people like, hey, you know what? We all saw that. We all saw that typo. You don't need to point it out. If you get 95% of this slide, that 5% that you're noticing that typo here, that number, you know, there, I'm like, if you have to say it, then maybe you're, you know, like the smartest person in the room isn't going to be calling out that detail because they're seeing the big picture. Right. Yeah. Let's be sure to not like... Don't do that. Be kind to whoever's presenting. Like, I'm sure the minute you see the slide go up and it has a typo, your eyes just go to that typo and you know you messed up. I also think that when we talk about like the knowledge myth, you know, you do need to have expertise. And one of the common things is like experience versus degrees. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm seeing right now in this in this job market, the degree and the, the MBA, like they hold a lot of weight. But experience holds a lot of weight too. And having the combination of both is what gets you there, right? A lot of times I tell people, you know, before you go, don't get your MBA right after you graduate from undergrad. Get a little bit of experience because when you go through that MBA program, you're going to have it with the vision of experience. You're going to go through it having had worked, having had succeeded or failed at a project. And it's going to give you a different approach to the classes and the MBAs and like everything that you learn in there, because you'll now have that base of experience and education. That's some solid advice there of just, you know, having that experience. So then the time, right. Yeah. To get that MBA is as well. Cause we're so wired. Uh, well, most of us are wired. Like let's just accomplish, accomplish, yeah. accomplish. It's like, get it done. Get it done. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that's some great advice there. So let's move on to the second to the last of, of, of these myths, which is the pioneer myth. So that's that trailblazer trendsetter. Uh, again, it's not the same as being a leader. Uh, so you could still uh, be uh, uh, trailing in an industry, 
but still not influencing others as well. So let, let's unpack that, uh, the pioneer myth. What's been your experience with, with that? You know, we, we always talk about first to market, right? Mm-hmm. So if you get there first, you naturally define what it is. And I'll, I'll tell you, like, I think when I think about that, I think about like Chobani Greek yogurt, right? We didn't know what Greek yogurt was. And then now it's, it's pretty staple. much 90% of the shelf. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can be that trailblazer. You can be that trendsetter. But then what do you do with that? Um, you can't just stop there. You can't just say, I got here first. And because of that, I'm I'm the expert and I'm the leader. You know, I think about um, Richard Montañez. Yeah, he discovered Flamin' Hot Cheetos. He was working at the factory. He came up with a brilliant, brilliant guy. And you know what? It was like the first big Latino leader I I saw. And it was beautiful. And this man would wear like zoot suits um, to the office. And he would come in and he was, he like, he knew everyone's name. He would come by, he would check in on everybody. He would lead the, um, you know, when we had Latino events and whatever, he would come to them. And he, you know, it was just like, to me, he was the first person to have created this wonderful flavor that became like, you know, like crazy, uh, you know, popular and, and lucrative for the, and I just, I loved how he had been the trailblazer. He started this. But then it was like his platform to become the leader that we needed. Like this person who looked like us, who talked like us, who had a name like us, you know, like you don't hear like Montañez and Suarez and whatever in the leadership meetings. And this was it. This was him. And so you can be the first and not be a leader. But if you become the first and you become that trendsetter, it's almost like an obligation to the people that you know, or in the same company, you owe them that leadership of saying like, hey, we did this first and now let's use it as a platform to do something else. The final myth is the position myth. So, you you, you know, you talk about that position, right? The platform, how did he leverage that platform to do some good? Because uh, the position myth, what, what that states uh, is that the position doesn't make the leader, right? Mm-hmm. It's the leader that makes the position. So to just your example right now, he uses that that leadership role, that platform to really impact and the relatability of just what you shared of knowing everyone's name, of really making someone feel like I, I matter, right? I think that's yeah. the validation that many individuals at work or their organizations, they want to get validated, right? Yeah. Say, hey, great job. But and even then, I, I think that, you know, sometimes just say, hey, great job. I think that's overused, but it's like really telling a story of what impact that individual has made within the organization goes far, right? So for those leaders out there that are high leadership positions, have that empathy. Find out what do your people do on the weekends? What makes them tick? What makes it fun for them? In that, there's that humanity that's happening, that humane touch there, or human touch there, that uh, really makes it more enjoyable. You're right. It's not the position that makes a leader. One of my favorite movies is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. And, you know, the dad is the decision maker. And he's the dad and he's in the position of like, he is the leader. And do you remember when she was like, Hey, um, I want to do this. And the mom's like, I'll help him. She's like, dad will never go for it. And she said, the husband is the head of the family, but the mother, the wife is the neck and the neck can move the head any direction she wants. Right. And so I love that when I, when I think about like the position myth, 
that's what I remember, right? Like, it's like, just because you're in that position doesn't mean that you're the leader or that you have the power because you can still be influenced. That's, that's a great analogy right there. <laughs> great movie, by the way, right? It's all about family, but yes, it, it, it's the inner workings, right? And how we started off is just those that influences are our, our parents, right? Our yeah. parents and those that have become parents as well. That's the biggest uh, job, I think in really setting the next generation up and, and really helping them succeed, really giving them that, that, that chance of, of uh, creating their own journey yeah. right? their own, and marking their own journey. Uh, and so, I mean, yeah, going back to the definition, it's really the key word here is influence. Leaders are, are in authority, right? So let's talk about a little about, about the authoritative piece in leadership or in leaders, right? Cause uh, just because you're an authority doesn't mean you're a good leader. Right. Right. Uh, so, uh, we don't want to use authority as, as a means of influence because it's not something that's going to be, the change is not meaningful. It's not sustainable. Who wants I, to be micromanaged? Just, Who wants to be? Right. It just feels uh, very, very forceful. There's no freedom in it, yeah. right? To your participation, right? To, to your, your elevation of growth as well and, and your scalability yeah. of your talent. I do, uh, you know, there is a time, though, to use authority and there is a time to use influence. Uh, you know, as a mom, we use both almost every day. So, right, it's like I have the authority to make you eat that because that's what I made for dinner. And so you're going to eat your vegetables and you're going to do this and you're going to go take a shower and you're going to do laundry. And these are the things that are non-negotiable. But then, mm-hmm. you know, I also want to influence, right? So, like, and I, I'll tell my children, like, Hey, let's name some things we want to do over the summer. Let's make a fun thing because I want to influence them. I want them to go outside. I want them to want to see the city and blah, blah, blah. So I influence that by saying, hey, what should we do this summer? Look downtown, Google Google downtown Chicago and let's look for things. And so I'm influencing like where they're going to look, what they're going to see. And then we make the plan. And now it feels like we made the plan together. As an authority, you do something or even... Great leaders who are very influential have to use their authority sometimes. You know, think about times where you're against the clock and you're like, hey, I need you to stay late. I need your help with this. I need you to drop everything and and do this. But it's because of that leadership that 95% of the time that is about buy-in and collaboration, you can do that. But if all you do is that, then it's never going to work. No one's going to want to work for you. No one's going to want to follow you to battle. But I just want to make sure that people know, like, you can also use the authority sometimes, right? Sometimes it's going to be like, like as moms, right? Because I said so, you're going to eat that. Yeah. Um, Authority is not a bad thing. thing, Right. Right. There are times when we have to invoke authority um, where where we have to use it. But because of that other... Because of the halo of your leadership, you can do that sometimes. Yeah, and it's much needed, right? Because authority brings compliance, brings order. So it's a balance to what you said. Is It's like, all right, let's now create something, right? That has to be done because it has to be done. It's for your right. own good. But now let's create. And so now they're creating. Uh, and there's that common respect as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, if not, it's just a free-for-all for everyone. So it's a balance, right? This is What we're discussing here yeah. is a balance. There's a time and place for everything. But it can't be one outweighing the other because then you're not effective right. on, on that aspect. Um, and so when we say buy-in, you know, for those that, that are listening, let's just define it. It's like what's, it's when people see what's possible for them and they partake in the creation of something. 
right? They they have a stake in it. It's like, well, I, I created that, right? As opposed to, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm like, okay, why? Right? Yeah. What do I get out of it? <laughs> so it was really funny. I uh, I did some work with Univision a long time ago, and we were talking about like the the marketing campaigns. And, um, he, you know, the, the gentleman I, I reported to, he would say, when we want to sell a lavadora, we sell, we make the commercials for the women. And we tell them, mira, esta lavadora hace esto y hace esto, and it's quiet and this and this. And they're like, and she's going to tell her husband that we need a new lavadora. And then he's going to see the ad and think and be like, we're going to go buy this one. And so everyone has buy-in that we want because we've planted the seed of this lavadora. is so amazing. But it had like, she's going to influence what so feels like his decision. And so then he gets to say, oh, le compré una lavadora a mi esposa. Right. This was a long time ago. This was like early, early nineties. So, um, but it's like, think about that, like that buy-in, right? How do I get people to, to believe what I believe? And sometimes, you know what, sometimes that buy-in is going to be faith-based where we're just like, I believe in you. And if you need me to do this, I'm going to do it because whatever you're doing, you're a good person. You're a good leader. I believe what you believe. Let's go. And other times it's going to be, you know, take convincing. Think about, you know, think about when we were, you know, like, I'll say in high school and they were like, let's cut school. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, come on, it's going to be so fun. And I'm like, yeah, keep selling me, keep selling me, you know, until you get buy-in and then you you go. Um, so buy-in has to be, you know, it has to speak to you and you have to say like, yes, I, I want in on this and I'm going to put myself in this and and you know what sometimes the buy-in is just based on the relationship that you have yeah the reputation of that individual right their character says a lot it's like you know we're, we're, we're gonna i actually talked to somebody um uh, late last year at a holiday party and he was just uh talking about a first investment that he made and he he stated this like i didn't make the investment in the fund i made the investment in of this individual because of who he is yeah i said wow I said, you, you got a winner there, right? Because it's that individual. So he's like, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm betting on him. I'm like, hey, you can't go wrong on that. Yeah. So to your point, it, it's that character. It's that reputation, who you've built. And reputational risk is something that we've talked about in the past. So it, it's very important is that you've heard it here as well. And I've shared it with you. It's like, you never want to burn any bridges because everything is cyclical. It comes back. Yep, it, it does comes come back. back. So you always want to. Uh, leave that person in a better state, right? Never burn any bridges. Yeah, and I think when we think about what what a leader is, what they do, you know, maybe maybe it's homework. You guys think about the the leaders who have influenced you or your career. You know, I I can think of the the bosses I had that shaped me. I can think about, um, you know, there was this woman and she was the chief uh, legal officer at a company I worked with, and I just like when I would hear her talk, I was so inspired and so moved. And and she was talking about legal stuff, but she was just so knowledgeable, personable and things like that. And then when you go through and think about each different leader that maybe has influenced you or touched your life at some point, write down like what about them influenced you or what about them do you remember? And then how do those traits live in you? What kind of leadership traits do you have and do they mirror those of the people who have influenced you? 
Yeah, it's really, uh, I, I came up with a saying the other day, never criticize, always analyze, right? Analyze, yeah. are you that individual or what can you learn from that to then implement, right? So definitely always be really analyzing the situation and just be reflective on yeah. that piece because that creates a quantum leap because of some experience you had, now it propels you faster and takes you to the next level yeah. that much quicker. Perfect. Well, ya les dejamos su tarea. So do your homework and follow us online on Facebook and Instagram. And share, share with others. If this episode or other episodes impacted you, please share with others as well, because what we're trying to definitely do in our purpose is to create those quantum leaps for you in sharing our experiences and best practices. All right, aquí los esperamos la próxima vez. Yo soy Nayeli Suárez Guest. Yo soy Mario Rodríguez. Corporate Cafecito was produced in beautiful downtown Oak Park at Boulevard Studio. Audio engineer and editor is Mike Mitchell. We're available on every podcast platform.